Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's October 24th, 1537, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. The courtship of Jane Seymour and Henry VIII wasn't exactly a love story for the ages. For one thing, they got engaged the day after he had had his last wife beheaded. But their relationship did come to a tragic ending worthy of any romantic weepy today in history in 1537, when she died at the young age of 29 with the distraught king at her bedside, 12 days after giving birth to his only male heir. Yeah, she'd had a rather challenging labour that had gone on for two days and three nights, possibly due to the baby's position. But the baby, the future King Edward VI, was eventually born. Henry was ecstatic. Uh, Jane herself seemed slow to recover, but she did start to recover and even wrote a letter to Thomas Cromwell announcing the birth. But following the christening, her illness started to become just increasingly apparent, leading eventually to her death. And in the weeks that followed, conflicting accounts emerged about the cause of her death, and they've actually never been totally settled. Yeah, well, I mean, there aren't medical records, obviously, from 1537 in the modern sense. So we only have the old letter and sort of priestly statement to go on. Uh, It was long thought that Jane Seymour had died from what we'd now call a postpartum infection, a urinary infection after birth and complications from that long labour. But recently, historical novelists looking at the timeline say, no, maybe it's a pulmonary embolism. Um, blockage of an artery in in her lungs that just took a while to kill her because she was only 29 years old and that actually matches better with the timeline medically. Mm. Either way, kind of what's interesting, and I I hate minimising her as a woman immediately into this episode, just, you know, making her the the wife who died. But sort of what is important about her in the life of, of Henry VIII is that she is the one who died in the rhyme and she's the one who had the guy who would go on to be king for a bit till he died. What would we Um, do with that rhyme if she hadn't died? (laughs) It would be a tragedy. (laughs) And and therefore, the detail of Henry staying by her bedside is sort of the important one, isn't it? Mm. Maybe this was the wife he actually loved. Yeah, I think the evidence that we have points to that. You know, he, he asked to be buried next to Jane Seymour when he died, and he was. But at the time, there were definitely very different reports circulating. By this point, Henry had a lot of enemies, particularly among Catholics, both at home and abroad. Can't and think why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a rumour spread that Jane had been subjected to a caesarean section while still alive, which at the time was an unheard of practice. This was something that was only attempted if the mother had already died in an attempt to save the baby. And it would have meant certain death for Jane. It was an this was intended to show you know Henry's barbaric determination to obtain an heir one catholic writer recorded the king specifically ordered the doctors to prioritize the life of the baby because quote he could easily provide himself with other wives but in reality there is no evidence that a cesarean was attempted and by all accounts you know Henry was really very distressed by Jane's illness and subsequent death Yeah, I mean, he certainly put on a good performance of it. The entire court was ordered to wear mourning dress and the clothes were issued to the 
the household from the great wardrobe, which was a thing that I didn't know about, but it was a department within the household that was responsible for sourcing and purchasing and then distributing all of the cloths and furs and spices and even wax that the king would need. So all of the clothes were then opened up to the courtiers, or at least the the sort of most intimate and nearest and dearest. And they then went around uh, in, in his clothes in the sort of most formal ceremonial black that they could have. Well, we're only going to have black wax now. How gothic yeah. is that? <laughs> exactly. They're like, guys, the theme is intolerable grief. <laughs> what are we going to do with that? Well, he was the one person not wearing black, apparently. He wore purple and white and everyone else had to wear black. So Jane's funeral took place at St George's Chapel in Windsor and the ceremony was modelled on that of Henry's mother Elizabeth who was the last queen who had died in you know normal circumstances the courtiers had to really go back in time to find a non-weird <laughs> what queen What do we day. do when the person hasn't been murdered horrifically? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, When it was had, a beheading they were just like oh we'll just do the off the shelf Anne Boleyn funeral <laughs> Yeah I mean she lay in state for nearly two weeks you know she had to be embalmed so her entrails were removed because the thing is always oh she was buried and then Henry was buried next to her but actually her entrails were removed first and they were buried in the chapel royal then she was brought kind of on a hearse to Windsor with a big procession of mourners there were 29 official mourners that's how we've come to assume that that was her age at death because her, her actual her birth wasn't actually recorded or the records have been lost and the chief mourner was Mary her 21 year old stepdaughter who had become close to her hold on so if a child died did you only have like four mourners that feels like the wrong way round doesn't it <laughs> yeah. I think the average person probably didn't have like a special number of mourners it was probably right. just whoever turned up <laughs> only queens get symbolic numbers of mourners okay. yeah I think so okay so a little bit about Jane Seymour's life then she's often described again I feel terrible saying this but it's true she's often <laughs> described as plain uh, the Spanish ambassador at the time dismissed her as quote of middle stature and no great beauty Ollie Mayer now misogynistic correspondent <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, But even if that was the case, she certainly dressed as lamb. Uh, Portraits show her with up to 50 different pairs of beads and she had some pretty blingy gown stitching. But regardless of the looks... Uh, She was also barely educated. Mm. Unlike Henry's previous two queens at this point, she was only able to read and write her own name, which must have made books very dull. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she came from a well-to-do family. Her father was a courtier, but it was still customary even in aristocratic families for daughters to be taught not academic subjects, but still the management of a household, just a household on a much grander scale than what most of the country was living in. But in a way, this was seen as being one of her strengths. You know, she wasn't outstandingly beautiful, but some accounts said she was, you know, fairly pretty, maybe a bit like girl next dory. But everyone agrees that she had a gentle, sweet nature and that she had those traditional feminine skills, you know, needlework, household management. And that was seen as, you know, this is the kind of girl Henry should be going for, especially Mm. after Anne Boleyn, who was very divisive. The idea was that, you know, Jane is a simple, not overly educated girl who could be a grounding influence on the king who already was very tempestuous and would only become more so and also someone to charm the nation she was really just hanging around the background and could have just continued to be so had it not been for the fact that despite Anne's obvious charms it was increasingly evident as uh, their marriage went on Anne and Henry's that she wasn't the right woman for Henry particularly because she kept having miscarriages sadly and gave birth only to one solitary girl the future Elizabeth I it is ironic that the daughters Henry rejected would <laughs> yeah, both yeah, yeah. Become English queens, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas the son, very sadly, that Jane gave him died at 15. Right, exactly, yeah. But, you know, but even so, then. 
as uh, Henry's uh, roving eye continued to look around his <laughs> immediate, uh, you know, the people immediately standing around him and his wife, it eventually did come to settle on Jane. There are different accounts as to exactly how flirty their relationship was whilst Henry was still technically married to Anne. You get the sense he'd sort of beheaded her in his head already. Um, uh, in my head, after- you have no head. <laughs> <laughs> Anne actually blamed the miscarriage that she had in January 1536 on Jane, um, complaining to Henry that she had caught that abandoned woman Jane sitting on your knees. But there are other reports that say, no, it was it was not touchy-feely, their relationship. It was absolutely a courtly and correct kind of um, romance. And you can see that Henry wrote these restrained letters of, of love to Jane, he sent her a purse of gold and she refused it, declaring that she had no greater riches in the world than her honour, which she would not injure for a thousand deaths. Yeah, I mean, from a distance, it's hard to tell whether she was genuinely, you know, concerned with her virtue or whether she was trying to play the long game a little bit, you know, but either way, she certainly charmed him. And yeah, they got engaged the morning after Anne Boleyn's execution. Very romantic. They married 10 days later. You know what? When you know it's right, you've got to go for it. Uh, (laughs) The thing with Jane is that she represented not only the possibility of an heir but also like the promise of what we would call you know a blended family with a male as secured Mary and Elizabeth you know they wouldn't be these Mm. unwanted complications anymore they could just be members of the household you know beloved princesses we can just enjoy them for what they are because we have a male heir and Jane got quite close to Mary who at this time was in her late teens she'd been declared illegitimate as a result of her father's attempts to avoid his marriage to Catherine and we have a letter from Jane where she implores Henry to reconcile with Mary and recall her to court which eventually he did and when Edward was christened both the sisters carried their brother's train you know of his gown it was a vision of what the royal family could look like Mm. and also Henry's affection for her (laughs) some people now say well was that just because he was married to her for the least time you know they really Mm. weren't together for very long before she died and maybe it was you know just that he didn't have a chance to get to know her or for her to really get to know him within weeks of their marriage henry was overheard commenting that there were more attractive women at court there's such a donald trump quality (laughs) (laughs) but i think there has been some revisionism around her reputation as being sort of passive and obedient and boring there's this cliched image of her just being a sort of subservient lapdog illiterate like I was saying that just went along with him pasty face just did whatever he wants had the boy and then died um, but firstly I'd project that image too if I'd seen firsthand what had happened to <laughs> the prior two um, <laughs> occupants of my position uh, secondly there is this business of bringing Princess Mary back into the fold who'd been declared a bastard like that was it took some backbone to say to Henry I think you may have got this one wrong mm. And then also we now know there's this moment where she got down on her knees and begged him not to destroy all the old Catholic monasteries, Um, at which point he did say, listen, love, just want to remind you what happened to your predecessor. You might want to not get involved in politics since you (laughs) never did anything like that again. But nonetheless, she did stand up to him twice. Yeah, Henry said to her pretty much, in future, love, your character depth is coming via your needlework and your love of quail. (laughs) (laughs) Up off your knees. Here are some more beads. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Any further messages you wish to pass mean must now be done in the form of embroidery. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tomorrow. And he famously told them that he didn't care what colour they were as long as they were here to kill Germans. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. 
patreon.com slash retrospectors. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.